The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm David. He is Isaac. We are back with another post game. Isaac, lead us off, man. What were your thoughts on this game? Um, a big time win. Uh, I know the last show we we talked about looking at the schedule and how daunting it was. You looking at it like these are surefire losses. And, and even when they announced that Joel Embiid was out, I figured we both kind of speculated that wouldn't playing uh, last night against Minnesota or yesterday against Minnesota that he wouldn't play tonight. That came to fruition, but I still thought it would be a tough game for the Grizzlies. But it was not. I mean, the Grizzlies, you could see from the onset, and, and this is something that we've kind of laymented this team about lately is not coming out with that fire engine in the first half. And you could just see from the tip, the Grizzlies came out on both ends of the floor they were ready to play, and they really jumped on Philadelphia early and and, and, and really never looked back. Uh, I mean, this was one of the, the, the most well-played games we've seen on both ends, I think, all year. Um, and you were hoping that they didn't have to put the starters back into the game, but got got kind of close there late. Uh, a lot of offensive rebounds for Philly, uh, extended garbage time. They had to put the starters back in to kind of close it out. But, again, man, I think this is a big victory to start this road trip. Um, you're going into Miami on Tuesday night, and you fought, finish it up with Ed Atlanta and at New York. Um, and again, if they, I said, if they could go two and two on this road trip, I think that would go a long ways for them treading water kind of through this tough stretch and off to a good start. Uh, one and zero on a road trip and a big victory up in Philadelphia, which is a place where they don't usually play well. Yeah, yeah, I didn't didn't see this game going that way for sure. The Grizzlies took a fifteen to fourteen lead with around five minutes left in the first, and and that was it. Philly never led again. They took over. It, it was. A great showing for a you know, number of reasons. Like I say, both both ends of both ends of the floor, uh, Grizzlies hit the thirty assist mark. They they only have one loss. You know when they hit that thirty assist mark, that's a that's a good number for them. They had seven guys in double figures. This is when they have a win that looks like this. You look at the uh, look at the box score, and this is what you see: multiple guys, five, six, seven, yeah. eight guys in double figures, thirty assists. You know, they even they got out rebounded in this game. Now I think it was only by one, but this is a great you know recipe for victory for them when, when they share the ball and multiple guys. You know, you don't have one dude dropping forty. They seem to run away with games, and it's obviously not going to happen every night. It hasn't happened every night. It's happened a few times this season. But just a lot of stuff that you love to see. I'm, how worried are you? And I may have missed something after when when Howard landed on DeAnthony Melton yeah. and he went limping to the bench. Was there ever any kind of announcement? My kid was going, she went in screamo <laughs> mode, so so I could I could see the game, but there for about a five to ten minute stretch there, she was so mad I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> No, they they never gave an update, but I, man, I didn't I didn't like the way that looked. Uh, especially, man, you see a guy playing as well as he's playing right now. You just kind of hate to see him go down, and you kind of think anytime you see a guy get a little banged up or anything with the Grizzlies, even if it's not anything major, kind of with the way they handle injuries, you're thinking, man, this guy might be out two weeks. You just never know yeah. uh, with them. And so I'm always kind of worried anytime I see anything happen to a guy. But no, they never gave an update. But man, he got rolled up on a little pretty pretty hard i mean you get a guy like dwight howard falling on you that's not a not a good thing so uh, i mean you got a limp to the bench i'm hoping it's just something that was kind of an initial shock of it just kind of sore but hopefully he's able to go for this road trip because they're definitely going to need him and he's in such a groove right now uh that you would hate to see him miss any time he five four six from three-point range tonight 14 points 
three rebounds, three assists, a block, and only played 15 minutes. Uh, so, I mean, he was really, really cooking out there tonight. And, I mean, he's just becoming this revelation, man, two-way player that I just didn't see coming. I know you, you talked about on Twitter how that – and me and you were kind of on the same page with that. Like, I never – I always liked Melton uh, as a player. I liked his energy. I liked what he brought on the defensive end. But when I looked at this roster, you kind of look at the way Grayson played uh, in, in the bubble last year, uh, and you figured he was going to come back and hopefully expound on that. You knew Winslow – was going to be back at some point. And I was just kind of looking at this, and you saw these projections out there where Belton would make anywhere from 10 to $15 million per year on average. And I was like, man, should they pay a guy that's not really an offensive player uh, when you already have an abundance of wings, 10 to $15 million? I was just kind of against that. Uh, they ended up getting him at a little bit over nine, which is kind of right on that level of what I want to pay. But I'm glad they made the decision because, I mean, I think now you kind of look at this roster, and, and I think you have John Jared and Right now, I think it could be the Anthony Melton could be that third guy that you're looking at long term as a foundational piece for this roster, and that's not something that I would have thought this summer. Yeah, he's definitely three for me. You know, there, there's other guys that you could argue. You know, you could argue Dylan at the three. You know, are not BC. At the three, but as a, as a, the third, Brandon Clark. There's guys that you can put into it, but as far as production on the floor and what they bring to the team, it, it's Melton, and that's. It, some people may say it's a you know far stretch. I, I don't say I, you know you look look at it look at his resume this season and what he's doing. It, it should be he should be number three for a lot more people than what he is. And you talked about it when you had the uh, the poll up on Twitter. Yeah, I was shocked with the results. Five, man. I, I could not believe how many people had him that far down. And I think a lot of that is because some of the people that voted on that. Are, are are maybe not actually watching the game, and, and I may be completely wrong in that assumption. But if you're watching these games and you see what he's doing night in and night out, you, you've got to place value on this guy, even though the coaching staff <laughs> slash front office are, are are having you know it, it's questionable what they're doing. Yeah, I mean it, it is. I mean for for some reason they just still don't don't seem to coaching staff wise don't don't seem to view him in that vein in the pecking order. Uh, but Grayson has been playing well. I, I don't want to take anything from him. Another big night for him. Uh, just came out firing uh, 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, just filling out the stat sheet. Uh, not just a three-point shooter, but four of 13 from three in 27 minutes, a plus 16. Uh, I mean, he's really been playing well as well. I mean, to have him and Melton playing as well as they are right now, and I think that kind of takes his team to another level. Uh, I mean, again, we I've talked so much about these guys not being all-star level or star level players, but you have this collection of really good role players. And right now they're, they're pretty much all playing well. And that's when this team is really at their best. Um, and I mean, they just came out and again, like we talked about the onset jumped on Philadelphia early and, and, and kind of never looked back. I um, mean, it, it was fun to watch. And we talked about that last game against Minnesota kind of being a, a struggle. This one was not that at all. It's some pretty, pretty basketball out there tonight. Um, I mean, we, three point wise, I mean, they, they've been really in a groove the last two games, 35 of 77 for 45.4% uh, over the last two games. And when this team makes three-pointers, they're, they're a different team, and they've been doing that over the last couple of games now. You, you know that won't continue. I mean, this team, we've seen at times, can really struggle out there from the perimeter, but that basket seems to be looking big for everybody. I mean, Jaws even knocking down, down one or two a game now. So uh, they're rolling right now. And, and, again, this is a good time to kind of get going because they got a tough stretch coming up, and if they can – 
kind of continue to tread water. Um, and I think tonight goes a long ways into into that vein. Uh, if they continue to tread water, I think that that bodes well for their chances in the play-in because I mean they're kind of kind of stiff arming some of these teams behind them. I think they're full game up, three full games up on on the Pelicans right now, and that's the team that I think when you look behind them, that's the one that I really worry about. Kings are playing well right now, but I think I think they'll tell off. I'm not really worried about OKC uh, as a major threat, so I, I think they're going to be fine. I think the Pelicans really are the only one I would have any concern about. Man, I'm actually I'm opposite on you of that. The Kings are the team that scares me from behind them. The Kings were buyers at the trade deadline, and, and it's not a big name, but they move um, Bieliska and Corey Joseph and get the line right back. Yeah, the line right with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. That, that's a pretty nasty three guard lineup. I'm not a, a huge fan of, of Luke Walton at all. I think that he will probably find a way to mess this up. So, yeah. you know, that, that's kind of a, a good thing, thing for the Grizzlies. But the the front office for the Kings were like, hey, you know, we want to show this team, we want to show the, the pieces that we have on this team. We're interested in winning. We want to win right now. And going into the offseason when they're going to have some money, they're trying to show, hey, you know, bring free agents here. Sacramento is definitely not a, ba- a bad place to be as far as the city itself, but the, the Kings franchise has been awful for a while. So, you know, that, that team, New Orleans, I, I I can't understand why their record is where it is with the amount of talent that they have on that roster. I don't know if it, you know, the new coach and, and some new pieces down there trying to figure out what they're going to do. That may be part of it, but that, I really think that the Kings are the stronger team between those two could be wrong, but right now, you know, with the moves that were made at the trade deadline and the current roster makeup, I, I like the Kings over the, the Pelicans to catch the Grizzlies. I'm hoping that neither one of them do. Yeah. DeLon Wright is a, I think a really underrated player. I mean, he, he's a, he's really good. I really loved him uh, when and enjoyed him watching him here in Memphis. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. That is a, a, a sneaky pickup for them. I just, I, I just don't know if they can sustain what they're doing right now. Uh, even after bringing him in, I just think, like you said, Luke Walton, I'm not a big believer in him as a coach. I, I just think they're going to gonna end up telling off eventually. It's just when you look at that Pelicans team, even though I, mean, I don't know, I just don't get it. <laughs> like you said, I mean, for a team that has Zion Williamson and, and Brandon Ingram, they should just be better than they are. I know they're historically bad defensively, but – the offensive talent on the team, they should be better than what they are. And I, I don't know what the problem is down there, but they got to got to figure out what's going on because they should be farther along in their development. I, I think going into the season, looking at, and for some reason, national media still tries to push them as being this good team, and they're just not. Um, you, you look at the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies aren't even trying to be really where I think the Pelicans felt like they were right now. And the Grizzlies are three games ahead of them, uh, 47 games into the season. And I, I don't think that's, that that's a testament to, I think, how well things are going to the Grizz for the Grizzlies. I know we get upset with kind of them losing games at times, but the Grizzlies are like two years ahead of where they're supposed to be. Uh, and the Pelicans were have, have kind of and I, I got into a conversation with somebody on Twitter about this. They were like, "Well, the Pelicans are not in in win now mode. I think they are. I think the Pelicans are trying to maximize. I mean, you you accelerate your timeline when you get a guy like Zion and you have a guy with a max contract on Brandon Ingram. They were trying to win." Um, and oh, I yeah. think things didn't, things didn't go well, so they kind of offloaded some pieces at the deadline. But that wasn't their thoughts going in. This, they thought this was going to be a playoff team, and they really haven't 
kind of taking any step forward from from where they were last year. Maybe maybe even taking a couple steps back. In my opinion, yeah, you know, they, they moved Drew, which, which you know that that is going to hurt your defense because of what he brings to the table. But, you know, they they brought in Steven Adams, got Eric Bledsoe back in return. So that roster, I, I agree with you. It was not a uh, I, I don't think that they were a contender like a, a title team. But I think when they were when they were putting that team together, their thoughts were, OK, we've got enough talent that we're sure. going to be a playoff team. Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. That that should be enough to get you to the playoffs. And whether whether it's you know coaching, defensive, whatever it is that's causing them to be where they're at right now, that that's definitely not what the general manager had in mind whenever he was putting that roster together. No, not not at all. I definitely think that they had designs on on being a playoff team and be pretty solidly in the playoffs, and it just hasn't gone that way for them. I know we're we've kind of made that kind of our rivalry. They've had the Grizzlies number. We got one more matchup with them. I think the last week of the season. So hopefully we can finally get over that hump. But outside of when they play the Grizzlies, they just really struggle. Uh, but then other times you see them in these games against good teams, and they get some really solid wins. I mean, it's just really perplexing and asking what. What's going on with that team? I guess their defense is just so bad that it, it it allows anybody pretty much that they play to be in the game, and sometimes they just can't can't get it done. But it it, it is definitely weird. But man, going back to the to the Grizzlies game tonight, I think one thing that I really liked in this game, and it could have been even better, is nobody in the game played thirty minutes. Uh, the, the entire team subbed thirty minutes, including all the all the starters. I was hoping he didn't have to put them back in at the end of the game. Again, the thing it got a little ugly there. Uh, Philadelphia getting offensive rebounds and and, and scoring in the paint, um, so they had to put the starters back in. But in order to get get those guys a little bit of rest and, and get them off their feet, I think that was a good thing, uh, especially with the the daunting schedule they they have coming up. Anytime you can can get these guys off of their feet, you get into a game where it gets out of hand and set these guys down and get them some rest. So you try to be healthy uh, with with this brutal stretch that they got to finish the season. Yeah, keep keep the legs as fresh as you can keep them for sure. Kind of a rough night for Jai, eight points, five rebounds, ten assists, and a steal. Three for eight from the field. Only shot two free throws in this one. That's uh I feel like he should be shooting five to ten free throws at least a night. And I know it's kind of a wide range there, but I think that if he goes a night and he's not to the line at least five times, that uh he was not aggressive enough. You already talked about Grayson. Dylan had a good night, super efficient, seventeen points, five rebounds, three assists. Six for nine from the field. I love the fact that uh, a lot of those haters are just not saying anything right now. They've got <laughs> nothing to say. Uh, JV, 10th straight, double-double, 16 and 12. Kyle Anderson, stat stuffer again, 10, 10 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks. Just, just all across the board, anybody that was in the game was contributing to this win tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it, it's fun to see when when this team plays like they played tonight. When they're they're knocking down threes, I mean, they they were doing it all. I mean, knocking down threes. They had the float float game going, which is something that's kind of been missing. They've kind of been struggling in that area. Brandon, Brandon Clark really had it going uh, with the float game tonight. It's just just fun to see this team can be really fun, and I just envision what they're going to look like when they get Jerry Jackson Jr. back in this lineup. And John put a tweet out this morning with the, the unicorn emoji and the. The, oh, the hourglass and it, it, everybody's freaking out about that. Uh, that. That was kind of fun to see this morning. So it looks like it's coming sooner rather than later, man. And I, I can't wait to see him back in this offense because I think 
think he completely changes the game for this team. And I think he takes them to another level to have a guy at that size that can can take you off the dribble. Then he can knock down threes. And I think it's going to help the whole team, especially Ja. Yeah, I I saw that tweet pretty close to when he first sent that thing out. And I'm like, oh, man, is this just a like, is it a troll move by him? <laughs> yeah. Or are we going to get, you know, he tweets this out and then, oh, surprise, Jaron is in the game tonight. Game tonight. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking. You know, maybe. We, we, uh, we got the information. He will definitely be back by the end of April. You know, it's still kind of a, a loose timetable, but it's close. We, uh, you know, we're, we're cruising through. We're four days in, not that many days in, but, uh, you know, th- that gives us basically a three-week period here that we're, we're going to eventually see him. And I'm, I'm, I want everybody, when he comes back, I'm hoping that we hit a stretch where the guys that we think are going to be rotation guys are healthy and available. That's what I see. want to see for the end of the season. And, and I know like with, with everything that has gone on so far this season, that's a, that's a big ask, but I want to see Ja, Jaron, Justice, all of them. I, I don't want miss you know mixed match lineups with Tilly and McDermott having to play. I, I want to see the guys that are going to be the core of this team moving forward, so you can really gauge where you're at. How are these guys going to mesh together? Is you know do, does Grayson fit in when Jaron comes back? Does Justice fit in? How how do these guys play together? And I'm hoping that, that he's back sooner. Then, then the, you know, your uh, prediction was a 28th. And I really hope that he is back at least a week before that date. Yeah, I'm starting to be even even much more optimistic. And I'm thinking, could he be back April 11th, next Sunday, when they come back home to play the Pacers? Man, uh, that would be really awesome to see. Uh, it, and you, you kind of talked about having all these guys available. And when you talk about justice, how, how concerned are you about the justice thing? I know... They're continuing to say that it's nothing major, but it is kind of kind of weird. I thought it may be a one game thing, and it's kind of turned into a three, two, three, maybe four game thing now. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Go back to the statement you made about Melton at the early part of this show. The way they've handled injuries, this has been it all year long, all year. That you know we're going to get Justice back before Jaron, and then Jaron will be back yeah. shortly. Justice has been back, and then you know he, he's out again. This is how it's been. I'm not concerned with it at this point because I think this is just the Grizzlies being cautious. Maybe wrong. I hope that I'm not wrong in that aspect, but I that's just how I feel about it. That this is how they have been all year. Grayson and JV coming back from yeah. the, you know, the the health uh, and safety protocols. Put a couple extra games in there. <laughs> yeah. It's the the only person that came back on a shortened timetable from what ja. was expected was Ja. And I think that that is because he is so competitive. Yeah. He's like, he I don't care what you say. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. back on that floor. So it's, if we get two, three weeks down the road and he's still not back, maybe I'll be concerned. But right now I just think that this is the front office and coaching staff handling injuries the same way that they have all year long. I agree because it, it's you heard the first game that he was questionable. Uh, they was like, "Well, he's a game time decision." He warmed up and they decided he wasn't gonna go. So if he's warming up before the game, you're thinking, "Well, this is he'll probably be back the next game." And here we are, like three games later, and he's 
still not back. So I don't yeah. know, man. It, 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 it's weird, but again, I guess they're just that's just how they're going to handle this. And I, I've kind of kind of accepted it, but I, I am excited about the the Jaron thing. Hopefully, it's not we're not getting excited. It's still the end of the month before he comes back. But I got a feeling we're going to see him him pretty soon. Uh, I think John put that tweet out. I think he probably probably knows something. I mean, probably was yeah. a, was a little bit of a troll move, but uh, I, I think I think it's coming sooner rather than later. I think you kind of saw. Jared's attitude and that press that uh, when he talked to the press the other day, I think he knows that it's coming pretty soon and it's going to be fun. And uh, I mean, it's simply amazing where this team is. We're uh, 47 games in at 24 and 23. I look back at the 47 games last year, they were 23 and 24. I mean, and you, this team missed job for a different amount of time. You haven't had your second cornerstone piece and, and Jared, you've had a COVID shutdown. You've had all kind of other injuries. You didn't have justice at the beginning of the year. Uh, and, and for, for a few months there, and for this team to be one game ahead of, ahead of the pace last year, I, I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, because this team, they just shouldn't be here right now, and it's just uh, amazing to see it. Just, I think a lot of times we kind of get frustrated with some things we see because they've been so competitive. It's made against good teams. We've seen them play really well, um, and I think sometimes we get a little spoiled by this team. Um, and, but, but again, I mean, this is amazing uh, for this, this to be year two of a rebuild, and I mean, this team is one game above 500, and you're missing one of your major pieces, and also miss job for significant amount of time. I mean, I don't even think words can kind of express where they are right now. And I mean, this front office has just done a fantastic job. I don't think there's any anything else you can say about it. Yeah, and for all of the the, the crap that we give Taylor Jenkins and the questions that we have about his decision making, that there you have to give him credit and this coaching staff. For what they have done development-wise, look at you know, De'Anthony Melton. Yeah, it's work that he's putting in, but I just go, I go back to Milwaukee and where Giannis was when he was drafted to the caliber of player that he is, and then I look at you know Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson and what he's doing, and, and just across the board, the, le- the the amount of growth from nearly every player on the roster. I was going to say, even Grayson Allen uh, yeah. was a guy where they weren't expecting. I don't think what they're getting from him right now when they got him in a trade, he was just kind of a throw-in and make the salaries work. Uh, and he's turned into a really good player. And I don't know if that's what they thought. I mean, there was some question of would they even keep him, I think, when uh, from a lot of people when the trade first happened. And, I mean, he's even turned into a quality rotation player. So you're right. I mean, the, the, you got to give – him credit for development as much crap as we give him you got to for on that vein you definitely have to give him a lot of credit for for what his team is right now it just makes me wonder what we're going to see next season this has been you know this is dubbed developmental season since before day one of the season we knew this was going to be a, a developmental season I wonder what type of coach we're going to see next year with Taylor Jenkins. Are we going to see, you know, last year we weren't seeing challenges. There were a lot of things that were kind of driving the driving fans and kind of media crazy at the same time. And he's grown next year when it's not a developmental season when, Hey, this is now we're winning. Are we going to stop seeing the crazy rotations? Are we going to see DeAnthony Melton getting the minutes that everyone thinks that he deserves are we going to see him? Okay, we're getting hammered right now. We're they're on a fifteen to zero run, and we can't throw a rock in the ocean. Let's call a timeout and make a lineup yeah. change. All of these things that are driving us nuts. Are we going to see them next year when the Grizzlies are no longer going to be in the this is a development mode? 
may not be necessarily a win now mode, but I think that they, they will definitely be playing to win next season as opposed to not that they're not playing to win. I'm not implying that they're tanking this year, but they're more focused on development. And I think that shows so many times by rotations and change and, and things that he does and lack of changes throughout the game. I feel like the, I feel like he's sharp, but there's so many questions just because of the way that this season is going and, you know, one game above 500 for a, a team got rid of guys that have been the face of the franchise for a decade and Mike Conley and Marcus saw, and then here we are fighting for the playoffs again. Would not have thought that the Grizzlies would be at this point right now. I thought that there was going to be a probably four to five year stretch where they were pretty bad lottery team and, and they're not. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought when, when, cause they, they've been through this before in the past and uh, kind of when they unloaded power and kind of broke that thing up after they went to the playoffs three years in a row, um, and, and then with a game, I, it was a kind of a long, grueling process, and I kind of thought this would be the same thing, but it, it's not at all. I mean, we're here fighting for the playoffs again, and I think for where they are in the maturation process, I think next year, I think they got to take the reins off a little bit. I think next year you, you're you going in with some expectations to where this is a 5-6, maybe 7 seed, I think, but I think you want to be a solid playoff team. I think going into the season thinking that they can be above the play-in, maybe a 6 seed, Next year, I think, is kind of where you should be going to the next season. But it depends on, I guess, what kind of moves they make this offseason. I still don't think – I don't think they make any major moves this offseason, but I do think they will make some moves to consolidate the roster. and We'll see what happens in the lottery and the draft and how all, all that plays out. But I think next year is a year where they, they're advanced enough right now and competitive enough. I think year three, I think we'll see them take the reins off a little bit and be in, in, in a mode where they're trying to win games and – We'll see, because uh, I, I think a lot of, like you said, the things that we kind of scratch our head about, I think it's all kind of through the lens of, of development. I think they came and said this, and it's going into the season as a developmental season. I've kind of had my thoughts on that, saying that I wish they kind of looked at it a little bit different because I think they're more ready to compete than just saying it's a quote-unquote developmental season. But I think next year, definitely, if they're doing that next year, I'll really, really have a problem with it. I've just kind of conceded that that's, it is what it is this year, and you didn't have Jaron for most of the season, so I'm kind of okay with it, especially seeing the fact that they're still right there competing uh, for, for a play-in spot. So, man, it's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, this team, uh, again, to be this far ahead, I think that bodes well for where this team's going to be. We look, I think we can look up two and three years down the line. This team's going to be one of the better teams in the NBA, and it, it's going to be fun uh, to have a guy like Ja that we've really never had a guy that that magnitude or level uh, star, star power here in the city. I mean, he struggled at times this year, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think if he, he could study Chris Paul, I think developing a mid-range jump shot, I think, would do wonders for him. And, of course, having Jared back in the lineup, I think it's going to help him as well. So I'm, I'm not worried about Ja. I know a lot of people are kind of starting to question him, but I think he'll be fine. The work ethic is there. He's going to get better in offseason. I'm, I'm not worried about, about Ja at all. Yeah, that's – out of list of concerns, he would be – way down there buried under a ton of other stuff. I want to go back to the justice thing. And you were talking about like the, we were talking about how they've handled injuries a little bit. I, it, it doesn't to, to me with him, it makes the least amount of sense because of 
what he's gone through with the injury and how long he's been away from the game and then just coming back, he's still, you know, still finding his offense. The defense is there. The defense is great. Huge impact on the game on the defensive end. But for a guy that's been away from the game that long, being cautious with an injury, being overly cautious with an injury, I think can be that do as much damage as it does good. I don't want to rush him back and him to get hurt and have to miss extended time again. But also, if he's healthy enough to be out there, get him out there. He needs the reps. He needs the, you know, putting up shots pregame. Totally different than in the game. Grayson talks about, he, he was in a uh, in an interview, and he talked about the shots that he takes in the game are they, the shots that he works on. And, and I get, you know, you're shooting from the same spot on the floor, but when you're out there warming up, you don't have a guy really playing defense on you. You don't have a guy that's competing against you. And so the, the feel, the pace, everything about it is different. And for every game that he misses, every game that he is away, that's fewer and fewer minutes, fewer and fewer opportunities for him to get his stride back on the offensive end. And for the Grizzlies coaching staff and front office to really see what he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, and, and and like I said, and and, and in that, that vein, I mean, I think they probably already made the decision. I don't see any scenario where they don't pick up his team option. But just like you said, you want to see him out there to, to see what you have in him uh, to make sure you're making the right decision. Uh, and like you said, he's already been out. I mean, even before he came to the Grizzlies, he missed a lot of time in Miami. So the, the more he's out, the, the rusty he's going to get. And he was still trying to, especially on the offensive end, work his way back into game shape and again he's out again uh and been out almost a week now i mean that it's just not a good thing so i'm hoping that he really can't go because if he's able able to play and you're not playing him I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense but again i've always just kind of questioned how they handle these injuries things but i guess they know what they're thinking and, and, and how they want to handle this but again if he's i hope that he's not well enough to play and they're just not playing him because again it doesn't make a lot of sense because that's a guy who's trying to work his way back in and a guy that you want to see what you have that you have a team option to pick up for uh this summer so that's that's just kind of my thoughts on that and you really hope this is not something that lingers into the time that jared is back because you really want to see him then to have like you said this complete team to see how these guys are not going to be a big sample size nowhere near sample size that we wanted going into the season but if they can get 20 games in fully healthy, I think that can kind of paint a little bit of a picture of what we, what we could be looking at going into next season. Oh yeah, for sure. One thing that's, that's good for me is Jaron, when he's talking with the media and justice, when he talks with the media, when you hear these guys, at least maybe it's a show, maybe it's a front. I don't know, but it doesn't appear like, they are really affected. Jaron seemed like, you know, his spirits were high. He was smiling, laughing, the same old, the same charismatic guy that he is all the time. Jaron had nothing but positive things to say about the trainers, the coaching staff, his doctors, all of that. He was all positive. And Justice has been the same way. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines about being happy with the franchise and what the franchise has done for him to get him through the process. And and that kind of surprises me because when when you think about how I've kind of approached this and you got to listen to what Jaron said 
at the beginning of the, the season when Clyman kind of laid out the timeline, he kind of seemed surprised that, that he, I mean, he seemed like he was about ready to go in. And, and now we look at it several, uh, three or four months later, he's still not playing. But now he's saying that he's happy. Now, I don't know if that's just a, a front. I've had some people DM me and hit me up on, on Twitter saying, well, you, it, what you're saying can't be right because if that was the case, they these guys wouldn't be happy with the training staff and they, they would be upset with them. And I mean, I, I don't know what to say on it. I don't know if it's just they're just, you know what I'm saying, not coach speak, but just being the company man well, and, and yeah. saying the right thing or Be, being or, a professional. You know, yeah. th- that's what are they just being a professional? How's it going to look if Jaron goes out in front of the media and he's like, man, I've been ready to go since <laughs> yeah. December. They've been holding me back. I'm ready to get out there. Let's do this. What's that going to look like for him? It's not a good look. If he's not happy about it, I don't know that we will ever really see it. Yeah, I mean, because this is a business. You hear the NBA is a business. And if you burn that bridge between you and the the franchise that you're with, who's going to get you? What's your next contract going to look like? You've watched it plenty of times of guys that uh, that have plenty of talent that should probably get more money, but they don't because of attitude. And there, there's, man, there's a lot of, of areas in there where are, are just they're just touchy. And I don't think a guy is going to just flat out bash the team yeah. he's playing for because it's not a good look. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said to some of those people on Twitter. They were kind of celebrating, saying, "Well, there's no way that he was healthy enough to play." This proves that. That what what uh, what what the franchise was saying was exactly what was going on, and I, I agree with you. I don't think that's necessarily the case at all. Uh, I mean, I think, and and another thing, I think Jared wants to be here. I think he likes being with Ja and playing with Ja, so he's not going to try to he's not going to burn that bridge. I mean, if they they want to be cautious with him, because even I, I remember his rookie year, uh, I think he had the thigh bruise where he was out like thirty plus games uh-huh. with the thigh bruise, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard some things on the things off the off the record where there were there wasn't anything wrong with him and he's openly said it off the record that there wasn't really anything wrong with him but uh i mean i guess that's i mean you have to you have to do that. he doesn't want to burn the bridge if he wants to be here and he wants to get that big contract down the line i mean he has to kind of play the game and i, and I think that could be what we're seeing he's not going to come over there and go off and jerry's not that type of guy anyway that would go out there and 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 say anything crazy like that uh in a media session so i don't think that proves anything but uh, again, man, I'm just happy that that he's coming back uh, and that he's going to be back. And I mean, again, we just have to have to wait and see. Uh, that's kind of the approach that we had all year. He's going to be out there eventually, and I'm just just glad uh, that he's going to be out there. Yep, I'm I'm ready for it. Been waiting. I've been ready since man the start of the season. I was ready. I knew that he wasn't coming back at the beginning, but ready to see him out there. I've got nothing else on tonight's game. Final score of the game, 116 to 100. Grizzlies improved to 24 and 23. Isaac, you got anything else before we get out of here, man? Oh, right, man, just just looking ahead, man. You have a, a a day off tomorrow on Monday. Back at it uh, in Miami, though. Leave, uh, travel from Philadelphia down to Miami, I suspect, tomorrow afternoon. Um, and rematch with Miami. Uh, Grizzlies got the win in Memphis and are in a close one, I expect. Uh, the Heat will be looking for a little revenge. Victor Oladipo. Uh, it, it is now with Miami, so it's going to be a tough game, uh, but you just never know. We've talked about it last game. Going into this one, I wouldn't have, even without Joel, Joel Embiid, I wouldn't 
didn't expect to see what I thought to saw tonight. I kind of said on Twitter that even though Joel Embiid is not playing, pump the brakes on, this is going to be an easy game. They still have Ben Simmons. They still have Tobias Harris. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of take Milton. They have a lot of talent on their team. But the Grizzlies were able to exploit that tonight. So we never know. But a tough game at Miami on Tuesday, followed it up back-to-back in Atlanta on Wednesday, and finished the road trip on Friday at New York. Uh, again, if, if they could find a way to go one and two in those games and finish this road trip two and two, I think you have to be happy with that. And, hey, I mean, win them all. I mean, who, who, yeah. who, who, who says they can't do that? So it's going to be fun. But, again, tonight out tomorrow at Miami on Tuesday night. And uh, t- t- tonight, that's all I got. But a big win tonight to start off their road trip. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be tough. That The back, Miami-Atlanta back-to-back is going to be tough. Uh, Atlanta's been playing much better since Nate McMillan took over. That they're dealing with some injuries right now. They moved Rajon Rondo. He's no, no longer there, which I don't think he played much of anything while no. he was there. So I, that's not a uh, that's not a not a big deal. But I think that's going to be tough. You're you're playing a good team in Miami, and then traveling from there to Atlanta back to back against an Atlanta team that I think the Grizzlies are the better team. But Atlanta's been playing good ball lately, and a, and a back to back is always tough. So. I, I'm with you. I think if they can go one and two, they, they've got a uh, – that's good. Get off this uh, this road trip at uh, at 500, go back home, and then get ready for the uh, the roughest part of the schedule. Yeah, man. Well, one thing I do have to say uh, before we get out of here is uh, free Marcus all, man. They're not, they're not doing my guy Mark right. He's unhappy out in, in, in L.A. And uh, they bring in Andre Drummond. He's not happy with his playing time. Uh, so, so free Marcus all, man. Get, let him go somewhere where, where he can play. The Laker fans – are not treating them with the proper respect, man. That's that's grit and grime, man. That's a legend there saying, man, give Marcus all more respect. Free Marcus all. Man, I I I'm not even gonna go off on the Lakers <laughs> fans. Some of the stuff that you see them saying, like uh Wesley Matthews, D- Danny Green, like getting death threats. <laughs> I know, I'm man. Like, bro, it, it is not that serious. It's, it's not, not that serious, and it, it's tough, it's tough to watch. They were uh, beginning of the season. All oh, they signed my Mark Gasol, greatest thing ever. And then you know here we are. I know, yeah. You know, and it's it's the regular season. He he doesn't have to go and give it his all. And people look at the stat lines and oh, he's not scoring. He's not the player. He's not the player that he used to be. But he can still shoot the wall. He's still great on the defensive end. And this basketball IQ is just off the charts. I mean, he's just yeah. a winning player. Yeah, it's, I, I saw somebody um, the other day they tweeted out that uh, um, the Raptors would have won the championship with Valanchunas instead yeah, of Gasol. Yeah, I'm I like, saw that as well. You're out of your mind. No dude. way, man. <laughs> Mark Gasol is a million times better on the defensive end. Joel Embiid would have smashed. He would have destroyed. Oh, JV. 100%. 100%. The, the Sixers probably win that series in four to five games if Gasol is not on that team. And yeah, the, the level of disrespect disrespect is crazy. Bring him back home to Memphis. Let him retire a Grizzly. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, man, just just let him retire a Grizzly, man. Sign him, sign him for the rest of the season. You got that roster spot open. I I wouldn't mind to see it. That would be that would be awesome. I don't think it'll happen, but I definitely wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know I, I don't want to see him going through what he's going through right now, but. I think that the the Lakers make a mistake if he is not on the roster heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I, too, I agree. Too valuable, man. He is really – in, in that it, scenario, the, I'm going to say in the playoffs, that's where his value really 
really comes through. I mean, it's record season. I mean, he's an older guy right now. I mean, he's not. And again, and people, and you talk about this all the time. I think a lot of people that say that they're stats he watches. They're not watching the game. Mm-hmm. They don't know the impact that he has. If you watch Marcus All, you've known even even in his prime, he wasn't a guy that you had to. It was like pulling teeth trying to get him to score. He didn't. He didn't want to shoot the basketball. He's always looking to make the correct play. And now that he's older and slowed down a little bit, that's probably even heightened the fact that he's not scoring. But you got to watch the game, and in, in a in a playoff series, I think. And, and that small sample size, that's kind of where he would show his worth. So I agree. If they let him go, I think that would be a big mistake. I mean, even if you're going to bring him off, off the bench, he's so valuable in, yeah. in spot minutes that you give him. I mean, he would he's worth more than much more than what you, you would see in a stat sheet. You don't get Marcus Gasol at this point in his career expecting him to carry any type of scoring load. You, you have LeBron, AD, Kuzma, Schroeder, Harrell. You have plenty of other guys on that roster that are there to score. And the way that he can pass the ball, like you say, basketball IQ through the roof, he's not there to score. He's there to play defense and make good passes as a big man. And I promise you that he can do both of those things at an extremely high level still. I I don't want him, again, don't want to see him going through what he's going through right now, but I, I don't think... I'll say this. If he's not on that roster, the Lakers will not win this championship. I, I agree. I that, think that's how that's how strong because Andre Drummond can do things at at this point that Gasol cannot, but Andre Drummond is not Mark Gasol. Andre Drummond it's it's not close, man. No, to but me, Andre I've always thought Andre Andre Drummond is is not good as his numbers makes him look. And I've yeah. always said that his numbers, he has these inflated numbers. He's a, he's a great rebounder, but mm-hmm. uh, outside outside of that, he's he's not as great as his numbers look. He's not – because you look at his numbers and you think he's this all, all-star level center, and he's really not. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just – I've always – I've never – even when Mar- Marcus All was in with the Grizzlies, you'd have some some fans like, well, what about Andre Drummond? Would you rather have Andre Drummond and Mark? And no, not at all. I've al- always said that. I just think he's, he's overrated. And, again, I, I just think they're undervalued when – with Mark do. I think especially with LeBron James and AD being out there, expecting Mark to be this big-time scorer, and it's just not where he's at at this point in his career. But, again, he's really valuable, and I think we definitely know that better than anybody here in Memphis. Yeah, for for what the the style of play that uh, Drummond is going to clog up the paint for LeBron driving or AD when he comes back, Schroeder, or any of these other guys that are going to the basket, Drummond is not going to stretch the floor Gasol can you you have to respect his shot. He can still knock down threes, and and Drummond's not going to give you that. So we'll see what happens. He he is uh, Gasol was not quiet about it. You know he said I feel like I'm option C or D. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that he kind of spoke up. I, I don't know what that will do for him. No clue, but uh, maybe that will change some stuff for him. Either way, whatever happens, I hope it uh, ends well for Mark. I hate to see him dealing with that crap. Guys, we're going to get out of here, Isaac. Have a good night. Get out there. Watch that White Sox game. We will be yeah. back with another post game. Uh, what is that? Uh, uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. My, yeah, man, my Tuesday days night. are running together. It's <laughs> I, it's my on-call weekend. I worked 16 hours yesterday. I'm wrecked. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You can get the show on Twitter at HootballGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac, give them your Twitter handle and get us out of here tonight. Yeah, man, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Man, always on there talking Grizz, Tigers, whatever's on my mind. And, yeah, man, um, a big win tonight, uh, Tuesday night at Miami. 
Uh, we'll be back soon tonight. Hope to discuss another big win. Uh, two and zero on this road trip. Other than that, man, I got I got nothing else, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon tonight. Go Brits. This has been a hoop ball presentation.